This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the morning worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for November 19th, 2023. The title of the message is Blessed Meekness. Well, we continue now uh, in our morning series through the Beatitudes, uh, the first portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 to chapter 7. If you have a different translation or you don't have a Bible, you can follow along in the bulletin on page 2. Let's go to the Lord and ask him for his help so that we can understand what we're about to hear. Let's go to the Lord. Our Father, we come humbly yet boldly before you. We come uh, meekly and lowly, uh, because without you, uh, we're, wh- what we are about to read and what we are about to hear will not make sense to us, that the natural man doesn't understand the things of God, but it is only the spiritual man, uh, that which the one in whom the spirit dwells and illuminates and leads can understand your truth. Lord, would you be with all of your people as we hear your word read and preached? Would you be with me as I read it and as I proclaim it? Uh, In all of these actions, Lord, may we do it all by faith to your glory. And uh, may we be changed people who leave than those who came in. Bless us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear now the reading of God's holy word, beginning in verse one. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The grass grass withers and the flower fades. Amen. The famous German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche famously declared that God is dead. What he meant was that the idea of God was dead. Uh, Because for Nietzsche, humanity lived for power to do whatever they want. And God in his idea, in his philosophy, God was a figment of our imagination. And it was Christianity that introduced a foreign element into the human nature, into the human spirit. Uh, That we were all, in his views, we were uh, meant to, to bring about whatever we want, to do whatever we want. And when we don't do that, we go against our nature. And so what he, what he meant then was that God is dead is that people were now pushing back against that idea uh, of Christianity, uh, that we, the, the Christianity that was built around love, meekness, humility, self-sacrifice, went against our nature But now that humanity is trying to re-exert its nature, according to Nietzsche, uh, they have to impose their will to do whatever we want because there is no God. 
And so when, when we do what, God, what we want to do, then we put God to the side. And so that's what makes Christianity such a crutch for humanity. Uh, for Nietzsche, we worship a meek, a meek God, which in turn makes him a weak God who can die in the imagination and minds of men and women. Here, uh, when Nietzsche and the culture around us says being rich and powerful is everything, right? The opposite of what we read here in verse five is, the, is blessed are the rich and powerful and the assertive and the, and the arrogant and the ambitious. They are the ones who will inherit the earth. But here in verse five, Jesus turns all of that upside down. He is bringing about a countercultural, radical idea uh, that overturns what most people think, that overturns even what Nietzsche thought. He turns the upside down values of the kingdom to an upside down world and turns everything right side up. That's the theme of all of these uh, uh, Beatitudes. And he tells us, Jesus tells us, that it's not the rich or famous or powerful who inherit the earth, but the meek the mild, the gentle, the lowly, they will inherit the earth. And so this morning I want us to consider what that means. And so let's begin with what does it mean to be meek, right? Have you ever thought about it? What really is meekness, right? Our culture tells us uh, it's being weak and, and being small and being kind of like a doormat being passive, not, uh, not advocating for yourself, not speaking up, being shy. But that's not the case with what the Bible says. Uh, according to the Bible, meekness is a humble and gentle spirit that arises from a humble trust in the Lord. Let me say that one more time. The Bible teaches us that meekness is a humble and gentle spirit arising from a humble trust in the Lord. Here in verse five, Jesus is alluding back to the language and imagery of Psalm 37, 11. Uh, he said in, in Psalm 37, 11, the psalmist says, the meek will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. You see, the meek in, in Psalm 37 are those who, earlier in, in, verse, uh, in chapters 37, verses five to eight, uh, the meek are those who commit their way to the Lord. They are the ones who trust in him, verse five. They are still before the Lord. They wait patiently for the Lord, verse seven. And because they trust in the Lord, they refrain from anger and forsake wrath, verse eight. They don't get upset. Uh, because, because getting upset only leads to evil doing. And so what we see here in, in Psalm 37, verses five to eight, all the way up to 11, and the whole of scripture, is that Christian meekness uh, is grounded in faith, so that when one trusts in the Lord, a fruit of that faith is meekness, and that's why we looked at Galatians 5, that the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit, uh, and putting on uh, Christ in faith 
is to put on meekness, to be meek. So what, how does the scripture uh, paint meekness to be? Uh, Meekness is when you trust in the Lord's power so you don't have to assert your own. When you trust in the Lord's power, in other words, you don't have to be the powerful one. Psalm 37, seven says, those who trust in the Lord can what? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. See, what makes being meek and gentle so hard is that we want to be the one in control. We want to, to have the control over the circumstances of our lives. We love to feel like we are in control. And so when we act that out, we want to uh, assert control in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. We turn into control freaks, to use the, uh, uh, an everyday idiom. We try to assert our power over everything. Why? Because we aren't trusting in God's control over everything. We have to be in the driver's seat. We trust in our power. Think about it. What is the opposite of meekness, right? It's anger or harshness of spirit. It's a type A, anal retentive, I have to have my way kind of spirit. It's a micromanaging kind of personality. Why? Because if I'm not trusting in God's power, then I have to trust in my own power. And if I'm trusting in myself for my life, for my fate, for my destiny, then I am going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. I'm going to take control. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to to be the alpha in any circumstance. I'm going to be arrogant. I'm going to be proud. I'm going to be harsh. I'm gonna be commanding like a king sitting upon his throne that every word he says, everyone must obey. But meekness is not like that. Meekness, according to God's word, is not like that. It's the complete opposite, right? It's humility grounded in a faith that boasts not in ourselves but in God. It's a gentleness grounded in a faith that says, when I am weak, then I am truly strong. Because it is grounded in a faith where God says, my power is perfected in your weakness. It's a faith that knows that because God is sovereign and almighty over all, I don't have to be the one in control. because God is in control. I can be weak, I can be humble, I could be gentle, why? Because I'm resting in God. I'm resting in his love for me, I'm resting in his gracious providence in my life, I'm resting in his sovereign control over my life. I trust him. And that's going to make us meek, gentle, lowly. A preacher once told a story of a young man who 
uh, was climbing up the corporate ladder really, really fast. He became a leader in his company at a very young age. And so everyone else who was working under him were older than him. And so he adopted a leadership style that was tyrannical, demanding, micromanaging, brash, arrogant, loud. And so the preacher asked him, why are you like that? Why, why do you feel like your leadership style has to be that way? And that young man answered, because they won't follow me because I'm young. I have to be strong or no one will respect me or listen to me. See, if you believe that you need to be powerful, then you're going to try to be powerful. But if you're trusting in God's power, then you can rest in his power to do for you and in you what needs to be done. This is why Joseph never tried to break out of prison uh, when he was falsely imprisoned. Why he uh, did he, why he, ran, he didn't run away from Potiphar's house when he was a slave. He ran away from his wife, right, who tried to uh, sleep with him, but he didn't try to run away from, from Potiphar's house. And God used uh, his meekness, his resting in God's providence, he used that to elevate Joseph, he, to elevate him to Pharaoh's right hand to be second in command over all of Egypt. This is why when David had the chance to kill Saul in his sleep, David trusted in the Lord. I'm, he's, David knew that he was not supposed to kill God's anointed. God would do that. God would take care of it, and it wasn't up to him. So he didn't kill Saul in his sleep, and God used uh, that to melt Saul's heart to where he relented and no longer pursued David after that. R.C. Sproul says this, the man who is meek before God and has that inner strength that enables him to be gentle before men will not be a violent man. This quietness of spirit will enable him to be temperate. Ultimately, the one who is meek submits himself to the authority and rule of God Rather than trusting in his own abilities and authority, the meek one trusts that God will safeguard him and will fulfill his promises. Secondly, the Bible also teaches that meekness looks to the example of Jesus who was gentle and lowly. Uh, the Bible teaches meekness, meekness to be looking to the example of Jesus who was himself gentle and lowly. Uh, the, the idea of meekness or gentleness, as uh, alternatively translated, is mostly associated with two people throughout the scriptures. Moses, Numbers 12.3, says that Moses was the most meek person on the face of the earth. Uh, Jesus says of himself in Matthew 11.29, he invites all those who are, we, who are weary and heavy laden to come to him, to take his yoke and to, to learn from him. And he says, why? For I am lowly, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You know, throughout the New Testament, 
we read all kinds of things about Jesus. We read about his words, his teachings, his miracles, his character, his actions, his suffering, his death, his resurrection. Listen to what Dane Ortland says in his wonderful book, Gentle, Lowly, Gentle and Lowly, which I highly recommend. He says this about Jesus' words in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. In the one place in the Bible where the Son of God pulls back the veil and lets us peer way down into the core of who he is, we are not told that he is austere and demanding in heart. We are not told that he is exalted and dignified in heart. We are not even told that he is joyful and generous in heart. Letting Jesus set the terms, his surprising claim is that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Meek, humble, gentle, that is who he is. This is the very heart of who Jesus is for us. Jesus, when Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem before he was crucified, Matthew quotes Zechariah 9, Behold, your king is coming, meek and mounted on a donkey. He was the God-man, the divine human, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the fullness of deity dwelling bodily. Through him all things were made, and through him nothing, was, nothing that was made was made without him, through him and for him. John 1.3, Colossians 1.16.17. Jesus spoke, and the winds and the waves obeyed him. He, commanded the whole, he could command the whole armies of heaven if he wanted to. And yet he did not account equality with God something to be grasped and made himself nothing, humbling himself, taking the form of a servant, becoming obedient even to the point of death, death on a cross. He wept at Lazarus' grave because he loved him so. He healed the sick, he gave sight to the blind, made the lame walk, cleansed lepers, even raised the dead to life. He forgave sins. He ate and drank with sinners. And when he was falsely accused, he didn't open his mouth, but was silent like a lamb before his shearers, like a lamb being led to slaughter. He didn't hate his enemies. He loved them. He prayed for them. He turned the extra cheek. He went the extra mile. He loved his enemies. On the cross, he cried out to God, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, Jesus shows us that meekness is not the lack of power, but it is absolute power under absolute control because he absolutely loves sinners. This is why he came, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How did Jesus live? He didn't come to bully people or show people how smart or powerful he was. He didn't come to lord it over people as the Gentiles do, but he came to exemplify that upside-down kingdom. That he who came, came to be the last so that others might be first. That the last would be first and the first would be last. He came to show us uh, the meekness of leadership, that those who would serve, who would lead, must serve, and those who would serve would lead. Jesus calls us to be like him. 
You see, true gospel leadership is a leadership of gentleness and meekness. Jesus is Lord, but he is Lord, uh, he is Lord in power, not like a dictator, but a tender, loving husband who loves his beloved bride. This means that at the heart of who Jesus is, and the very heart of who we ought to be as his disciples is meekness. This is how we know that we are growing more and more like Christ, more and more conformed into his image, that we are becoming more and more meek, gentle and lowly in our hearts. We become more and more meek, less and less arrogant, less and less angry, less and less uh, prideful. If you are not becoming more and more meek, you are not becoming more and more mature in Christ. This has ramifications for all of our relationships, our marriages, our our relationship to our children, how we conduct ourselves and lead ourselves in the home, how we operate in our workplaces, how we get into arguments, how we have disagreements. So for example, if you have a boss, let's say you have a supervisor or you're, you're, you have an employer who's really, really mean to you, he treats you badly, meekness, meekness, uh, Paul says in Ephesians 6 and Colossians 3, is obeying them not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart as unto the Lord and not unto men. The writer of Proverbs says a soft answer, right? Or, or maybe another way to put it, a meek answer, a humble answer turns away wrath. That when someone screams at you, belittles you, and calls you names, you don't respond in kind. Because the meekness that Christ gives us as a gift means answering not in kind, but with grace, with love, turning the other cheek, loving the enemy who so is berating us with an answer of love. And in doing that, you're heaping coals on them. Uh, they, they will be convicted in their own hearts of the way in which they are treating you when they see how you are not going to fight them back in kind. Meekness is how all of our relationships, all the organizations, the Christian organizations particularly, in which we find ourselves, continues in love and unity. It ought to be the bonds of love shaped and characterized by meekness where we have one mind, one love, in full accord, Paul says in Philippians 2.3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, in meekness, count others more significant than yourselves. So if meekness is a gentle spirit that trusts in the Lord, and follows his example, then how do we inherit the earth? Right? The, the, our culture tells us that it is the powerful, the rich, the arrogant, those who are full of themselves and so that everyone will know it. They are the ones who inherit the earth, not the meek. 
Well, what does Jesus mean here? Why does Jesus say that the meek shall inherit the earth? Which brings us to my conclusion. The meek will inherit the earth but not con- by not conquering it. They will inherit the earth and not earn it or work for it. See, that's where, that's the, 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 the conflicting, contradicting values of, of the world and of the kingdom of God, is that everything is upside down from one another. That if the world tells us that it is the powerful, the mighty who will inherit the earth, and so everything you have to do, you have to do to fight and win for what you need, what you want, what you think you should have. But the values of the kingdom of grace and of God is that you will inherit everything because God gives it to you by grace if you will trust in him. See, meekness is the fruit of a a deep and abiding faith that God gives us himself. He gives us Christ and all of his benefits. He gives us nothing less than a cosmic inheritance of new heavens and new earth, the land of promise, the new Jerusalem, heaven itself, that the meek shall inherit the new heavens and the new earth, that in the gospel, in the gospel, it is through the meekness of Christ who suffered and died for you and for me, bearing our sin and guilt, like silent before his shears, like a lamb before slaughter. He died for us so that we might inherit the kingdom of God. Weak, humble, gentle, and lowly. He trusted in the Lord. And in in the example and the power of his life, he calls us to follow him because he was meek. And by his meekness, our meekness gives us that inheritance. And so that is how we know that the new heavens and the new earth are ours because of Jesus' meekness that he gives to us. And so, friends, brothers and sisters, if we would meekly trust in Jesus, who meekly lived and died for us, we shall inherit everything. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for all that you provide for us. We thank you for the meekness through which you saved us and the meekness for which you are shaping us. Lord, help us to be like Jesus in that way. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.